This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 18th, 2016. When God interrupts, Joseph. I'm, I'm originally from the AME Conference, uh, African Methodist Episcopal Church down in Armstrong Corner. And I'm used to the call and answer type of fellowship. And I enjoyed it, you know, I enjoyed the music, but I found out uh, as years went past that I was really enjoying the music and not getting the word. And so uh, during this time, uh, Lakeisha was getting older and I was trying to get her to, uh, I was worried about her salvation, really. That's what it was. I was worried about where she was going, uh, what values she was co connecting with, and who she was connecting with, you know. Uh, our, our, our neighborhood was pretty good, but her friends that she had there weren't, uh, hmm, wasn't somebody I wanted to hang out with. That's what I'll put it that way. And when we was in the traditional church, uh, th there was two things that they could do. They could usher or sing on the choir. Uh, and she hated both of those. And uh, so so if she was in the choir loft, you could see her, everybody's singing, and she's up there, eyes rolling all around in her head, uh, really angry, you know what I'm saying? She's embarrassing me. This is not going to work. You know, I'm, and when we leave church, and now we got a big argument because I'm getting on her about her behavior, that that's not the way you're supposed to act and stuff like that. So I, got, I was really concerned about where she was going and that there had to be some place for Lakeisha to find Christ. So we kept on going around to different churches and eventually something said, try this church. So I came here, didn't know what time you started. So I came at the end of one started service and started, I stayed for the beginning of the next. And during the interim, she saw a lot of her friends from school because so I said, yay, this is a place where Lakeisha has some friends that she likes and they like her. So, uh, and they're doing some things, you know, uh, positive. So. Uh, this is where I came. Now, it was totally different for me because uh, you guys are quiet here. I mean, when I, when I say quiet, compared to where I was coming from, you know, because you had drums and, uh, I mean, we all have drums here, but not from like my, my drum music. I mean, that sometimes I sit in the back of the church because it would be so loud. And the guitars and the piano and the organs, things like that. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> as I think back at it, I'm thinking about Lakeisha. Uh, before she really got uh, involved in a lot of stuff and I started her, because she always came to church with me uh, for the morning service and then she would come back Sunday night for the for the youth service. She was in high school at that time. And uh, she would uh, tell me, Mama, uh, because I, I have eight little eggs that I'd be shaking, trying to keep up with the music and sort of like bring my own stuff from my own church over here so I could feel good. And she said, Mama, don't do that. My mom, you, you clap it off beep, beep, because I don't traditionally clap like everybody. I seem like I have a double beat or something other. And she would be telling me that. So now she was embarrassing me in the beginning. And now I'm embarrassing her. Every Sunday after I would leave here, I would go back home and make sure that when I read my Bible, that, that what you all said was in the Bible. I don't want nobody telling me their story, you know, and it's not connecting with the Bible. So I would I would do that and just to keep up with it. And and you guys were doing things like uh, giving out water at events. You was out in the community. People saw you doing things. And then when the first time that I served for the uh, Peach Festival, my goodness, it was an amazing event for me. I mean, I'm, I'm 76 years old. 
I started coming here when I was about 71. Shane, talking about age uh, and old dogs learning new tricks, I had to learn new tricks because that wasn't something that I'm used to. So I kept uh, trying to fit it in and, and, and people, I, I would get dogged on the other side. You need to come back home because people knew where I was coming at. And I said, I am home. I lived right around the street. This was, I was at a sister church here. And I said, I am home. You know, all I got to do is walk around the corner. They said, no, I mean, you need to come back to us. I said, no, 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 no. I'm enjoying where I am. So you, you catch that, you know. And I knew I had, if I was going to continue to come here, I had to be strong-willed. Uh, and uh, God brought me through those things. <sighs> you know, I thought I was really anchored when I came here and I said I was worried about Lakeisha. But really, God sent me here for me. And he knew that the only way I would get here would be through Lakeisha. So he used her to bring me here. And for that, I'm grateful. Uh, because I have learned that what I thought I, 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 where I thought I was, I wasn't. I thought, I thought that I had not knew it all, but knew a lot. So uh, at my age, I, I'm, I'm learning a whole lot more. It's like I can look back at, over my life now and thank God that uh, he put Lakeisha in my life and that he brought us to connection and uh, that I'm growing. And uh, every time I think about that, I just get so teary-eyed because I am rejoicing in the Lord with uh, this new life that I found. didn't want to do that but thank you so much for sharing your testimony it just ministers to all of us we love you thank you well this morning we continue to prepare for the birth of our Savior of Jesus Christ to consider how God interrupted the lives of the various people involved in the very first Christmas today our focus is Joseph Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Lord, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you made, a day that you nudged us to just show up here and now remove any distraction that we might have a laser focus on whatever it is that you have in store for us. Thank you for your word found in scripture and for the promises that you give to us, a hope and a future. Thank you for this teaching about Joseph, and now um, we give you our time. Hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so all the way back in third grade at like eight years old, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. That's a pretty big thing for an eight-year-old. But see, I wanted to design cars, even though I didn't know what mechanical engineers did. Somewhere along the line, I heard that's what you had to be in order to design cars, and that's what I wanted to do. And um, I was very serious about it. I had a notebook, I remember, a notebook I gotten from my father, where I had my preliminary sketches for my car innovations. For example, who here remembers the studded snow tire? Anybody go back that far? I designed it. 
Now my studded snow tire had studs that were about that long. They were sharp, but they were good in ice, let me tell you. Anybody ever remember when the cars didn't have those little vents to the back seat, the warm air, anybody? You know who put those vents in? <laughs> One too many cold ride home from Granny's house. I said, we gotta have vents in the back, yep. And so, and like when I was in high school, you know, you get to send your SATs to like three schools, and I sent them to Delaware. I think it was Rutgers, I don't know why, just because I didn't really have that many choices, and the General Motors Institute, a five-year work-study program, where oftentimes, especially... we got alumni here. I see that, yeah. especially, they know what I'm talking about. Back in, in Michigan, and especially back then, if you graduated from there, chances were good, GM or another car company would offer you a job, and so I, that was a possibility, but... Then I met somebody who changed my life. Somebody who turned my life upside down. Aww. Somebody who, after meeting them, my life would never be the same. Aww. Someone who interrupted my plan. Aww. That person was Mr. Takafandi. <laughs> my 11th grade math honors trigonometry teacher. I'd always been good in math. That's why I was in math honors. Until trig. <laughs> Mr. Takafandi uh, promised everybody a C in that class, at least a minimum C, and somehow I managed to get the only D of my high school career <laughs> in trigonometry. I didn't know a lot about mechanical engineering, but I knew that chances were pretty good you had to have some math in order to be a mechanical engineer. You probably had to get past trig. Probably had to take calculus, and calculus was not gonna be in my future after sitting in trig for a whole year going, duh. Anybody here been dazed and confused an entire year in a class in school? <laughs> then you can feel my pain, brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so even though I'd always been very good at math, all that changed when I was about uh, 16. And so did my future. A complete, total interruption. I'm not sure that it was God who was interrupting, but God sure used it. Amen and amen. Well, perhaps you've had an interruption or two or ten <laughs> in your lives. Maybe it was the interruption of a dream or a goal <laughs> or this future that you had all planned out like it was for Alan. Perhaps it was an interruption in a relationship. Perhaps it was an interruption in your health or the health of someone close to you. Perhaps it was an interruption in terms of where you lived or where you worked or where you hang, hung out or even where you went to church like it was for Miss Edna. Hmm. Maybe it was an interruption due to death like what I'm experiencing right now, or the death of someone close to you, mother, father, grandparent, friend, sibling, child, somebody who means so much. And we often wonder, did God cause the interruption? Perhaps the better question is this. How can God use the interruption how can God use the interruption, and what will our response be to that interruption? Hmm. So this morning our focus is on Joseph, 
and the interruption that he experienced that first Christmas. Now, Joseph was engaged to Mary, and, and as we said last week, engagement back then was a whole lot different than it is today in our culture. It was arranged by the parent at a very young age, and it was as legal and binding as a marriage. It could only be dissolved by divorce. Now, last week we looked at how the writer Luke talked about the birth of Jesus through Mary, Jesus's mother. The focus was on her, and we uh, learned that she received a visit from the angel Gabriel, who announced that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And Matthew, another writer in Scripture, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the gospel writers, those who shared the good news about Jesus, his life, his death, and the ministry in between, and the impact on our lives. Anyway, Matthew tells about how the birth of Jesus is through Joseph, focusing on Joseph. Here's what Matthew shares with us, picking it up at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Mm. Mm. You know, when we read Scripture, there's two very important things to consider. First, what's included, what we're told. But second, and sometimes even more important, what we're not told, what's not included in the Scripture. For example, in this, in this passage, we're, told, uh, we're not told, um, we're told that Mary was with child and that Joseph wasn't the father. But we're not told how Joseph found out that news at first. Now, we could, we could guess and assume maybe Mary told him, but we're not certain of that. But if, in fact, that was what took place, can you imagine that conversation? I've often wondered what, what, what that looked like. You know, if she did talk to him, wow. Whew. Gentlemen who are married, think about this. Think back. Do a little time travel back to your engagement. And imagine your fiancé telling you that she's pregnant and you know that you're not the father. And then she assures you that it's not some other guy. It's, in fact, the Holy Spirit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, how's that one going to play? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not told the details of this, and we're guessing because it's not there, it must not be that important for us to know. Otherwise, it would be included. What we do find out through this reading of the birth of Jesus focused on Matthew, or focused on Joseph in Matthew, is that we learn about his character, the character of Joseph. I mean, the law said that Mary could be stoned to death because she was pregnant and um, it wasn't her fiancé. There could have been some guys who would not be too upset at the thought of that stoning. But you see, Joseph, as one translation puts it, he was a righteous man. 
He was right with God. And we can see that he does have plans for divorce, but he would do it quietly so not to disgrace her. We see Joseph as a godly, decent man in Matthew. He puts gentle in gentlemen. And even though he was most likely wounded by the news, I mean, who wouldn't be? He wasn't going to get even by publicly disgracing her, by wounding mm. her back. So talk about an interruption, huh? All the plans, all the hopes, all the dreams. So much for them. Isn't it incredible how everything can just change in an instant? In an instant. In the time it took to tell Joseph what had happened, complete upheaval in his mind to what had been the plan for years. And yet in his goodness, in his righteousness, he did all he could to see that this interruption didn't destroy Mary. That's the agape love we talk about here at Connection Church, that unconditional love that God has for us. That's the kind of love that Joseph showed for Mary. That's the kind of character he had, the kind of character one would need if one was going to be the father, or in this case, stepfather, of the Savior of the world. But after he had considered this, that is, divorcing Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so like Mary before him, Joseph gets an angel visit. Difference, his comes in a dream, and hers had the name Gabriel. We don't know what the name of his angel was. And again, like Mary, Joseph is told that that her conception, the conception of this child, is the work of the Holy Spirit. It'll be a son. And again, like Mary, we're told that the name of this child will be Jesus. Jesus. Makes sense. This name Jesus comes from the Hebrew, Yeshua, also sometimes pronounced Yeshua. It means God saves. That's why this name is so important. It's why both angels say this is the name that child will have. Jesus, the name above all names, the name of the one to whom you and I will bow down and worship, to whom we owe our very lives, our eternal lives. Yeshua, Jesus, God saves. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Mm. And so Joseph is told by the angel of the Lord what the plan is. But that's no guarantee that he's going to follow the plan, is it? I mean, let's keep it real here. How often have you, how often have I been given a plan by God only to ignore it, only to make adjustments to it, only to figure we know better? to do what we want rather than what the Lord wants. You know, we know best. Isn't that hilarious when you think about it? 
I know better than the God who created everything. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But how often through what we say and what we do is that exact is that's exactly what we're what we're expressing. I know better than God. <laughs> but that's not so for Joseph. Joseph awakens from the dream and he does just what the angel of the Lord tells him to do. He takes Mary as his wife. But even then, they don't consummate the marriage until after the birth of their son, whom they named Jesus. Hmm. It's quite an interruption, isn't it? Interruption that Joseph was dealing with. He was planning on getting married and having children, but God's plan wasn't quite the same as Joseph's. Joseph's plan didn't include his fiance getting pregnant by the Holy Spirit and giving birth to Jesus. Jesus. His plan didn't include him being the stepfather to the Savior of the world. Think about that one. It's a major interruption, I would say. Major. But here's the thing. When God interrupted, Joseph went along with the interruption. He went along with God's plan. Even though he had a plan worked out that was righteous, that was honoring, that showed agape love toward Mary, the plan he worked out wasn't God's plan, was it? And God's plan was better. Mm. And Joseph went along with God's plan. So the question that we often come around to every week is, how about you? How about you? When God interrupts your life, you'll have a choice to make. To line up your plan, devise the plan, figure it all out, or to tune into God's plan for you. Oh, your plan might seem like a really good plan. It might be honoring. It might even be loving. Probably makes a whole lot of sense. But Joseph, because Joseph's plan to divorce her quietly was all of those things. But that was not God's plan. And God's plan resulted in Joseph sticking with his fiance, marrying her as they planned, in spite of the interruption. God's plan had this righteous man of God, this man who showed great character, even in the midst of this challenging revelation about Mary's child. God's plan had this man help shape the life of the Savior. Think about that. Joseph's the one who taught Jesus how to be a carpenter. Joseph's the one who taught Jesus about character. Remember, Jesus was human, yet divine. Joseph was instrumental in helping Jesus become a man. It's really funny sometimes when you consider God's plan and our plan. We're talking about celebrating 15 years here at Connection this morning. And so when we first started, we rented, we, we just had a little space on the other side of this building. Um, was 25 by 67, about 100 chairs, included the sound booth, children's ministry, hospitality, coat rack, bathrooms. It was a very all-in-one kind of place. We, we had it all together. In that one. We'd rented the whole building, but we had to renovate this side. 
And see, we only leased this building, so we thought we'd be in here a few years, and then we'd find something else. In fact, in 2007, I guess it was, we bought 27 acres, and we thought within a year or two, we would be gone. Can I get an amen from those mm -hmm. who were here? Yeah. We would be gone. Did everybody know what happened in 2008? The economy. So we've stayed a little longer. Wasn't our plan. Apparently it's God's. We're getting closer, though. We're getting closer. We can, we can actually kind of feel that shovel in our hand and getting ready to turn some dirt here shortly. Yeah, that's what we're thinking. <laughs> and God keeps opening some doors to make that happen. So it looks like maybe, maybe his plan is, uh, is uh, uh, closer to reality and we're tuning into that. But you never know, do you? Because God gives us kind of a step, kind of like a flashlight. You get to see that far, but not out there, just ahead of you. But you got to take those faith steps one at a time, don't you? You got to, if you're going to follow God's plan and not yours. And each step along the way, God's going to bless you, but only if you take that faith step and follow the plan. You know, sometimes I wonder, um, <laughs> what would have happened if I'd gotten an A or B in trigonometry? <laughs> If I ended up, I don't know, maybe even going to the GM Institute, if I ended up working. We would have met Cindy and I. Who knows? We may have met, you know, 30 earlier. years earlier yeah. or whatever it is. I can't do the math that quick. But, <laughs> but you know, if I designed cars for my career, who knows what would have happened. I, I do know this, though. I, I, I strongly doubt that I would be right here this morning sharing this message with all y'all. And the thing I do know, though, is this is exactly where God wants me right now. This is exactly the place where I'm supposed to be. So God's plan is definitely the right plan. Amen? Amen. So the question again is, what about you? When God interrupts your life, whose plan will you follow? It, your plan or God's plan? A plan that focuses on you and you have it all together this way or that way or a plan that focuses on the one whose birth we celebrate. You'll say, well, how do I know? That's why we need to read God's word. And that's why we're having a one-year Bible plan where we're all on the same page reading scripture together. People who know the word of God begin to know God and can hear God's voice and sense God's leading along the way, but we've got to know what God says. And so, the question again, who, what will you choose when God interrupts your life? Or better, who will you choose when God interrupts hmm. your life? In your program this morning, there's a sheet, half sheet, probably in the back, says the Wesley Covenant Prayer. If you could pull that out, please. And I want you, when you pull it out, to shake it, because I want to see who all the slackers are who aren't doing what I'm asking you this morning. Keeping track of all the slackers there, Al. Okay, he's looking on with Maribeth, letting his daughter pull it out. Okay. I got you. I got you. I know, it's not fair to call you out, but I will. Okay. It's a prayer. John Wesley was the founder of Methodism, and he, 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 he would use this prayer for people to, to kind of, in effect, renew their covenant, their their, their agreement, their, their um, agreement with to be living righteously for God, to get ever closer 
to the Lord. It's a great prayer, and I'm, I'm going to ask you if you'd like to share it with me, but I'm going to give you a warning. If you share this prayer, you're really committing to something <laughs> deep, something pretty strong, because basically you're saying, here I am, Lord, take me. That's basically in a nutshell what this prayer says. It says, Lord, I'm yours. Take me and use me. So I'll warn you ahead of time. If, don't just say the prayer along with me to be nice or because, well, the pastor told me to. I had to do it. But if you really want to be in the Lord's hands, this is a great prayer to share. Let's pray. I am I no, no longer, longer my, my own, own but yours. yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you, brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely, wholly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious, blessed God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen and amen. This is an incredible prayer. This is a gutsy prayer. This is a life-changing prayer. When we say, I am no longer my own but yours, wow, put me to what you will. That means that we are surrendering our lives to Christ. We are yielding to God's will and way for our lives. We encourage you to take this and keep this and read this and believe in the promises of God because God wants the best and only the best. For each one of you as together we celebrate and rejoice in the reason for the season and his name is Jesus that's the truth that's the good news let's live it and let's believe it let's pray almighty God thank you for Joseph for his witness for his character thank you for uh, this model and help us when we're put up against it, when we're challenged to do the right thing. Give us the strength and the courage to do it. And God, help us yield ourselves to you. Order our steps. Speak your truth. Convict us. Do whatever you need to do, Lord, so that we can follow you and be completely sold out for you. We glorify and honor your name. Glory in the highest. We pray this in the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ, his Son, and by the... Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people with Jesus.